Hey folks, Future Clayton, checking in. This pod is late. Uh, it was recorded about one week ago today, which is to say uh, it is the fresh, raw, deep, and scarred emotions of the USMNT under 23 crashing out from the Oles, baby. So I hope you haven't processed all your difficult emotions yet, uh, because we are here to help you finish off the job and tie up those loose ends. Also want to note that my audio quality has been a little bit different than normal in the past couple eps, and that's because there are some transitions happening at WTP headquarters, uh, so please forgive that. We will be back to our regularly scheduled buttery vokes uh, ASAP. We're on our way there, folks, so uh, as usual, please enjoy. Well, whatever. Hello, folks. And I hate everything. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to We the Peeps. Hey, what? I don't care. I don't. I, what? I never what happened. I never. Wait, no. I always cared. Welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything that you wish you did not know about the USMNT. <laughs> so much wasted brain space. Oh I'm Clayton, God. and I'm an artist. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur, and I suppose we love the Nats forever and always. Thick and thin. It's we the peeps. It's we the peeps. Welcome to we the peeps. Are you ready for we the peeps? Holy moly, it's we the peeps. As you were, folks. Back to normal. A familiar feeling. You know, I was beginning to think, uh, I was beginning to think I would never have feelings like this again. Thank God. Um, <laughs> thank God. Some things never change, folks. The U.S. MNT as a program, although specifically the D under 23, um, whatever the fuck that was, squad, has just failed, failed, failosoed hard. To qualify, failed to qualify for the Olympics. Oh, it's not going to happen. Christian Pulisic, it no longer matters whether or not you're interested in playing. I'm sorry that you were asked that question so many times, and so many people allowed him to just answer that question. This is the the direct equivalent of you and me scheduling podcasts for games for which the u.s it has is the exact equivalent of qualified that. how could I mean, you how i mean it's so obvious that that this would bite us in the in the rear all right all right so so what happened what so happened? what, what ha- happened here so if you if you have no idea what's going on we had, we a bunch of games have just happened there was two senior men's national team games that um that were enjoyable to watch uh, all around good times all around and there were two under-23 uh, U.S., you know, under-23, whatever, the qualifying tournament culminating in the semifinal, which was a one-and-done Olympic qualifying uh, game that, that occurred on Sunday. Um, that is the most recent of all these games, and it is truly the only one that, that really matters, and we'll explain why. But first, folks, um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. We care about you. Uh, this, is still, this is still, this is still a place of healing. This is a place of healing. It is a place of crying. <laughs> it is a place of laughing. 
and also crying and or crying. Uh, and, and we have been, if, if you're new to the team, folks, this is typical. This is, this is, this represents the first, I'm going to go with four years of this podcast. <laughs> Every episode was something like what you're about to hear. So, so. yeah, the, 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 the funny thing here, Clayton, is that, uh, we started this podcast briefly after the 2014 World Cup, which was the last major international tournament that the United States qualified for. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's not good. It's not good out there, guys. It's so not good. We it's thought. so not good. I mean, know, thank God for the goodness. This is going to go we great. Got, we've gotten yeah. to watch a World Cup championship, two World Cup championships in the time that that the, the U.S. men have not qualified for any international tournament, literally anything, twenty thirteen. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna chop it up. This is I promise I promise that you will not feel worse by the end of this episode. I promise that much, and I and I suspect you might feel a little better. Let's have let's have some fun with this. There's yeah, there's a, there's joy and commiserating. Uh, but first, you know, please bring it in, guys. Please tell a friend. This really is the moment we've always said. When, when the U.S., when the U.S. wins the World Cup, we don't know when that's going to be. We might be long gone. But when that happens, us or our predecessors on this show, six generations long, will end We the Peeps. So now, whilst in the gutter, whilst headlining with failure, <laughs> is the time to get in on these Jurgen Bucks. We are GameStop before GameStop. Okay, we are Apple in 86 or whatever the fuck. I don't know when that company started. Hoddle those Jurgen bucks. <laughs> Now's the time to tell a friend um, because tell there friend. will come a time when it's too late. So seriously, don't you want friend. your friends to also be sad? Like frequently? <laughs> no, you have friends that are already sad. This can help. This can help. So, so hit them up. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Hang out with us live as... As all the disappointment smashes us in the face on the day-to-day, uh, commiserate with us on Twitter at WTPPod. Support us, why not? Support us. Uh, we are we are saving up our Jurgen bucks, so support us on... on uh, this show is not free to produce, I have to say. I hate to remind you, but it is no. uh, not free. So please support us on the Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash WTPPod. And I think that's the ender. Oh, uh, rate and review five stars, please. Really helpful. We'll read your review on the show if you do that. Um, so write something funny if you want to. Write your feelings. Do you want your feelings heard yeah, on the show? Lay it out there. Lay it out Bro. there. Hit us with a five star and just say whatever you want. We'll find. We'll if you give it. us, if you give us some real emotion, I will personally read it and I will um, commiserate personally with you on the air. Yes. Yes. You, yes, we will. The, on, on air therapy for all of us. Uh, yeah, the therapy. I don't know. I tried. All right. End of housekeeping. End of housekeeping, folks. The game was. Oh God, USA okay. versus Honduras. Uh, it was. It followed a game versus Mexico, which we're not going to go into. That we lost. Uh, aside from to say that the U.S. tried very hard. This U.S. squad tried very hard to win that game. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, and then comes the semifinal. Okay, line them up, boys. David Ochoa, both gloves. It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, oh God, God no. David Ochoa. Um, okay, and then we've got Henry Kessler, 
You know <laughs> You love him. <laughs> you did. You had no idea who it was. You, you have no never developed any love. Uh, oh, Justin sorry. Glad, Sam Vines, and Aaron Herrera. You know him, you love him. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Herrera, cool. Uh, in the midfield, we're going to have at the six, Jackson Ewell. Wait. Wait. At the six, not Jackson Ewell. No. Andres Perea instead, who I love, by the way, who I love. But for some fucking reason, Jackson Ewell is at the eight, which makes... A lot of sense, I guess. To someone, someone. <laughs> and then we've also got, uh, who's the other? Was it Georgie? Was the other center midfielder at the time? No, it was... Uh, Hassani Dotson. Dotson, yeah. That's right. Hassani yeah, Dotson. I now, I now know him and I feel fine about him. Okay, up front we are going to have uh, Jesus Ferreira. It's your team. It's your Nats now, Jesus uh, Georgie Mihailovic, Save us, Jesus. DJ Orgy, should have stuck to your day job, being DJ an epic Orgy. daytime DJ. That that one's a flop. That one the, was a big flop. The the only DJ in the world who is whose passion project, whose creative passion project is fucking up for the naps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we've got. Uh, who am I missing? Jonathan Lewis, of course. Uh, you know, welcome back. Yeah. Basically, there was it was 45 minutes uh, of the U.S. just sleepily finding their way into some version of interest in playing this match. Uh, it was a Honduras who came to ball. Uh, it was a hot weather. The sun crept over the field uh, throughout the course of this first half. As did uh, as did our hopes. Um, it looked bad from the jump. From the jump, we're creeping towards halftime. Creeping, just please, just please get that sunset and get us so into half. So Jason Christ can say or do something. Uh, and right at the end of the half, there is a a cross that comes in for Enduris. It is sort of uh, missed and bobbled somehow by both one of our center backs, not sure which, uh, a Honduran attacker and David Ochoa. All three go for it, all three miss, and somehow Honduras scores. Oh, God. one nothing. Oh, God. Last play of the half, or, or just about. So, okay, reset. We're going to get some subs in, baby. We're going to, you know, it's all good. You know, they, that was the wake-up call we needed. Um, let's, let's get some halftime talks going. Let's get some, let's get Jackson Yule at the fucking six for please. I don't love Jackson Yule, but why, why, why is this man at this level not playing his best position? It just, okay. Anyways, none of that happened. The U.S. comes out in, uh, in, with one sub, Georgie Mihailovic is taken out because he's been just daydreaming out there. Just, just daydreaming. Not a Terrible. whole lot of not a whole lot of thought uh, being being put into this. No passion, no nada. Um, shouts to Aaron Herrera, who from the start was at least trying. Appreciate you, boy. Um, Honduras comes out and scores right away. Ty, what do you remember about this? I blacked it out. Uh, well, it's I believe a back pass to Ochoa. Oh God! It's you know what? Situation. Okay, it's all rushing back to me. This was yeah. This was the the this sub. Um, this was Sebastian Saucedo, the 10. Give him the 10. He's our 10. He comes oh, in, 
subs in to save the day. First touch, 360 outside of the boot, rips it at, at an angle I've never seen anyone attempt between yeah, it was the, weird, the, the back center pass. back yeah. and, and Aaron Herrera. It was like a looping, it was this weird-ass fancy Ronaldinho like moment of genius, but just whatever the reverse of that is, uh, it's bumbled around, and then and then what happened? Someone took advantage of it. I forget the guy's name. Yeah, uh, I forget the guy's name as well. But um, basically, yeah, the Honduran player just was you know being a nuisance, and David Ochoa decided instead of just making the the clean pass right in front of him mm. to um, to Glad, I think it was uh, at the center back, he decided to try to pass it outside around the side of the the Honduran attacker and it just caromed off the the dude's leg and straight into the back of the net. Dude, not even and a shot. Was, was not a shot. Not even a shot. Still was, no shots on goal. That, I don't know if that's what the, the score sheet reflects, but as far as I'm concerned, zero shots on goal so far. This was just, just traffic cones out there. Traffic, traffic cones, cones scoring yeah, goals exactly, against the Nats. Exactly, David Ochoa, exactly. get your head in the game, bro. Zardes double. <laughs> the Zardes double here. Um, so poor David so, yeah, Ochoa. It was a, a howler to to end all howlers. It was it was really bad. Just the double howl. Uh, you could just see the devastation on the kid's face immediately. It, and it's rough. Really tough to see. It's rough. These are young young men. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Ochoa is. I don't agree with the idea that a 22 year old is a young man, like a young well, player. Like I had a perhaps not in the game. I was 22, <laughs> so I don't, I don't. I can't accept that any of these guys are like, oh, you know, they're young, they'll learn. It's like, no, you're a professional soccer player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, Georgi Mihailovic has been in MLS for four years. He's not a young player. You know, Georgi Mihailovic has David no Ochoa. Yeah, he's 19. He's been playing in USL. Like I get that. I get that he's going to have those kind of mistakes. Um, okay, guys. So here's the thing. Uh, Jackson Ewell just, you know, decides this is, today's not the day. Today's not your day, Honduras. Today's my day. Uh, he takes, he takes this game by the scruff of the neck. A few minutes later, uh, rips one. Absolute. Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. On a rope. Tracer bullet. Leadership laser. What, What have you? This is a, this is a rocket ship from Jackson Ewell. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden. Starting to feel kind of okay. There's a chance. There's a lot of time. U.S. has the momentum. As uh, as the professor says, 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in <laughs> soccer. Because if you get scored on, you're suddenly the demoralized winning team. Which, you know, laugh all you want. But it did look like that. It did look like that. This Honduran team was, was shook. And this U.S. team suddenly woke up to play. Too little, too late, folks. The conca capping uh, took hold of this game for the next 40 minutes, whatever it was, 35 minutes. Um, we got to see a few subs. Johnny Cardoso came in, tried, failed. Sebastian Soto could have not even been there. The, didn't uh, even, yeah, touch the ball. Didn't even notice he was there. Oh, he did have a, he did have a miss. So there you go, Soto. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Lewis, by the way, before being, before being subbed out, uh, um, many misses, one of which came from substitute, the only sub I haven't yet mentioned, Tanner Tessman, who, to his credit, came into ball. Did, um, did amazing. I didn't amazing. recognize him out there. He he was playing DJ Orgy's position much better than DJ Orgy ever did. Yes, although he did have one actual football punt attempt. So Yes, that, he did. That's a strike he against, he my a, friend. He had a shot that went, yeah. That is way, a strike against. Ahead. 
However, but yeah, he uh, that was that was the chance. That was the big one. That was the chance. Should have had uh, the assist to Jonathan Lewis. Two guys. Yep. Yeah, Lewis was like two yards out from goal, and for some reason, instead of just shooting with his left foot, decided to like twist his body to so that he could use like his right ankle to try to hit the ball. Made no sense. Uh, maybe the ball was moving or something, and he he just like didn't track it well. Um, but it was it was bad. That was a you know. Uh, a lot of XG down the drain, to, oh, to yeah. put it one way. Yeah, Jackson Ewell had, like, you know, the, the least likely goal of all time, uh, balanced out quickly by Jonathan Lewis, yeah, exactly. missing not one, uh, exactly. but two or three chances. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Lewis also got a bad call. Uh, he There was a foul called on him that could have either been a penalty or just nothing. Uh, give the man uh, a chance in on goal, so that's not fair, but... Yeah, that you know right, what? that was a big moment. Yep. But you know what? Oh, and then there was another like David Ochoa still could not get his fucking head in the game. After the water break, I'm bouncing around here. After there was a water break halfway through the second half. David Ochoa is shaking his head no. Uh and that was a bad sign to me. That is a sign that the young man has not uh moved on from the mistake that he made and is likely to make more mistakes and he did. Mm-hmm. Uh he did. They were not capitalized on. Um I suppose, you know, he just, he didn't, he didn't tee it up just perfectly for the assist uh, quite as well as he did on the, on the play that ended in a goal, but he did continue to make mistakes and it was hard to watch. And this game just crept, just crept itself into the final whistle. Um, The U.S. is not going to the Olympics. And, uh, and then I watched every minute of Alexi Lawless. And Maurice Adu being sad about this. I watched. Me too. I even I even attempted to watch uh, the Mexico Canada game. Couldn't get into it. I was on Twitter. Uh, I was on Matt Doyle shouts to, shouts to the base god Matt Doyle for his Twitter room. Uh, shouts to Zarek, whatever his name is, for making some good points. Ty, what were your first impressions upon the final whistle here? Well, I had low expectations going into the tournament, as you'll remember. I had the team at like a forty percent chance to make it, so I thought we were we would we would be like sixty percent to get through the group and then sixty percent to win the game and go through. So I, you know, I didn't have high hopes that we would make it. After we got the the sort of lucky result against Costa Rica with you know no preparation, no ability for the team to train, I started to think that the the team could could gel and just come up with just enough in a, a final performance to uh, to get through, and it didn't happen again. And it's not we're we're to the point with this tournament and this you know stage of this tournament stymieing the U.S. where we have to look at it as a systemic issue there, because there's no way that this could be a blip, right? We we have now three qualifying failures in a row twice getting to this uh, semifinal, once not even getting out of the group. And all of those teams are majority MLS young American players. And so that leads us to have to do a lot of soul searching around what's going on with this group of players that just makes us so bad at getting through CONCACAF. Because the majority of the time when we're losing these games, it's not Mexico. I think this this the match against Mexico that this team played um, is the first I can remember in those failures where we actually did play Mexico because usually we're on the other side of the draw 
and um, and it's like sort of set up so that teams avoid each other. I could be missing one, but I think that's the case. And so the conclusion that you have to draw is about MLS, because regardless of the European stars who weren't here and all of that, and the, the players who have moved out of MLS, if you're taking uh, the upper tier of American youngsters in MLS, even missing some notable, you know, names, you should some, be able some to notable be the upper tier of, uh, of U23s from the Honduran League and the Costa Rican League. It's fine with me if they lose to Mexico. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. But MLS has to get to the point where you can take an all-star team of young Americans and beat the young Honduran all-stars from the Honduran League. And if if MLS can't get there, there's it's not going to have a shot at being the kind of like transcendent, you know, cultural factor that it hopes to be. It's always going to be a league like China or Qatar where it's great foreign players who come in and maybe that's that's attractive, but they're surrounded by mediocre talent. And that's uh it's it's really it's rough. It's rough to see that not change over the course of the last um, ten years, and to see the, the the teams also failing in Concacaf Champions League over and over again. Uh, it makes you start to doubt the 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 motion and momentum of MLS, even though we have this sort of undisputed uh, rise of our players and our program on a global stage. Uh, MLS is still such a key part of how the national team will be successful that uh, this has to be fixed. What is what is the problem here? I mean, I felt like the MLS was getting better. I watch I watch games from time to time, um, uh, and and the the level's improving for sure. Um, there's no doubt. The most recent um, MLS final as a perfect example of both improved play on the field and improved production quality. I mean, that was. That was that was a dank ass product. Like it was great to watch. the 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 concern here, or, or the confusion here for me, what leaves me befuddled is there's that we're that we have Philadelphia, the Red Bulls, and um, uh, in Texas, uh, West McKinney, FC Dallas. Yeah. We have those three uh, who are producing the highest level of talent on par with the, the highest level of talent in the world, you know, from, yeah. from a youth standpoint. Bayern center backs and uh, so, Chelsea and, attackers. Yeah. And, and so what not is, him. no, not him, but, but, you know, others. Um, yeah. others, what is, why is it that these players are not um, gracing the MLS? You know what's happening here? Like we have we have all these incredible players going straight from FC Dallas to these clubs, and never and FC Dallas is never really like enjoying the fruits of that. We had one or two years of like you know uh, really effective Tyler Adams in the MLS, uh, one really effective Brendan Aronson year. Um, you know, but but Brian these Reynolds players, Brian Reynolds for thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, but these players are, yeah. yeah this, these players are leaving so quickly that it's somehow the MLS feels like it's 
the same almost, even though the youth development has improved so much. Um, Ty, what do you think is holding the MLS back right now? Yeah, I think it is probably true that it's the same, which is why you're getting the same outcomes. And But I think the... I think what's confounding about it is that when they're playing in their comfortable circumstances, like playing in MLS in MLS stadiums in, in the U S and in Canada, they're, they're better players. So playing in, uh, anywhere in Latin America, United States teams always tend to struggle. There's probably a litany of factors behind that. But it's clearly a big advantage for Honduras to play in Mexico, right? Even though it's a it's a neutral site, just because the U.S. is just so bad at doing anything outside of our comfort zone. And I think if this game was like a 90-degree day in Kansas City in June, we would have won. I, I actually believe that. I don't think it's a, it's a matter of the... Uh, innate abilities of the players. I just think they, they were not prepared to play in a big spot and especially not in like a novel or unusual kind of situation for them, you know, being, being in, in uh, Guadalajara for a month or whatever, you know, shut in with the team COVID protocols and all that stuff. It's just like, they just, they don't do well when, things aren't exactly laid out for them. And that's that's maybe part of the the challenge of MLS is like as it gets better and better and like these teams get more have like more and more of a comfortable like modern like high level player experience they're not really they don't have the scrappiness of the the guys who had to like get changed at shopping malls you know back in the in the 90s and just like come out and figure out a way to win. And yeah, we just haven't figured out how to how to reconcile that. And when you see the our teams go up against youth teams from the rest of CONCACAF, I mean, they they really know how to win. You know, they they don't necessarily have the skill that we do. And when it comes to being a starter in MLS or whatever, this dude like Obregon who scored the opening goal, he's playing in USL. He probably couldn't crack an MLS team on the merits. But in that particular circumstance, He's better. He's just better at getting to the ball. He's better at uh, at maintaining his focus, and he feels more comfortable. And he's less nervous, and he he wins. So for me, it's it it comes down to mentality and sort of execution of like by the players rather than like talent per se. But I think this is a it's a endemic problem that we see both in U.S. international tournaments. And, and also in international competitions for the MLS teams. And it's, uh, I guess, one of the, the next frontiers of MLS development is just figuring out how to be good enough, or not even good enough, but just like how to anticipate and like be prepared to play in these kind of circumstances and, and situations. So Ty, remind me the last name of Zarek. What's his face? Zarek Valentin. Zarek Valentin legend. on Matt Doyle's stream, legend, said, uh, you know, he was a part of the first of these three teams to not qualify and said, that was the first time I had ever experienced CONCACAFing. Like, I had I had never seen anything like that. And so he, his, so shout out to him for, for making the great point that why aren't we exposing our youth players to environments like that earlier on? Why, why aren't we um, 
you know, why are we having them play? There must be a way. I don't know what it is, but maybe having, sending them to tournaments in whatever, Honduras, you know, just as like a, a, you know, a a fly-in whatever, like VIP shot, like, and see how they do, like force them into these situations. That's one thing we can do. Um, what's another thing, what, uh, what else can we do to prepare these kids for these kinds of situations? I'm not sure. I think like the coaching has to have something to do with it. And, you know, I, I, I'm not, not, uh, too inclined to blame Christ because I don't, I don't know how I'm much pretty he, inclined to claim to blame Christ. I, I know, the, I know. Dude, I know like, is, I, I just, I'm going to tell you why I do blame Christ, even though I'm not inclined to blame Christ. Okay. All right. You go, okay, you okay. go. So, so what I, what I, I was like, not going to shit on Christ. But then I saw in the, um, the presser, he comes out with this crap. These quotes are unbelievable. He's the, and the chief crap quote is, it's a fact of life that you lose more than you win. Oh my God. I mean, dude, you're, you're a U.S. national team coach. Like you're paid to win more than you lose. What the fuck are you talking about? So I was like, and you read the quotes, he's he, he just like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. The guys, like, they just didn't have the right mentality. And you, you realize, like, oh, you're why they don't have the right mentality. Because you have no freaking energy for this either. Like, he seems to have, to just bring nothing. And, that like, I think the team really needed somebody to anticipate that this kind of thing would happen because we've seen us teams do this so many times in the past you know to really like g up the team and get them ready to be prepared for anything to understand this is going to be a huge battle like obviously the team was motivated for the mexico game they're flying around in the fucking mexico game that we didn't need to win and but they they come out in this game and they're barely moving they're not running into space they're not sharp they're I guess they're nervous. I don't. I can't imagine it's a lack of motivation, like having gone all that way to to qualify. Well, perhaps so there is a fitness be... thing, you know. So it's winning yeah, mentality. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. I don't. I don't look. I consider myself to be something of like an intuitive reader of people. And Jason Christ is not a winner. The dude is like those. Those quotes don't surprise me. They do surprise. That actually does surprise me. That's too far. But the dude's not it's a shocking. winner. Like he's not. There's not like a winning mentality is a fact of life that you lose. More imagine than Pep Guardiola. Like, <laughs> imagine yeah, Jose dude. Mourinho after a loss. Eh, you know, you win some, you lose some. Like, no, what the man. fuck are you Get talking about? It's your job to win. Julian Nagelsmann is like, it is a fact of life that if we get this right, we will win. It's a fact of Bielsa. life that I win more than you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fact of life. Jesse Marsh, um, Greg Vanny, yeah, man. Yes. You know? So winning mentality has to come, Oscar has Pereja. to start with the coach, Oscar Pereja. It has to start with the coach. Um, it can uh, be influenced by the players, but if a team doesn't have a winning mentality, uh, you have to, you have to look at the coach, you know, yeah. there, there has to be some kind of indictment on, on the coach. Cause who else has more control yeah. over the mentality of this team? I have concerns. Exactly. I have concerns about how involved Greg Berhalter was with this with this team, with the appointment of Jason Christ, with the selections and with the overall sort of vibe of camp. Greg Berhalter strikes me as, uh, you know, not in stark contradiction to the Jason Christ mentality. So I love, no. 
I love a lot of the things I'm seeing from Greg, and we'll get to that later. Um, but I have concerns about how involved was Greg with this, and what does that say about his ability uh, moving forward? Yeah, well, yeah, my fear is that we find out that Greg's not a knockout guy, that he's just he 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 can't get his team ready. I mean, he's he had some success in MLS playoffs, I guess. Got to a final once with Columbus, I think. Um, but we we could very well find out in in a in a you know key qualifier that he just doesn't have the 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 juice to get the team up for a big you know do or die win at let's say Guatemala you know yeah yeah because you're we're, well, we're what... going to face those crazy circumstances those games where there's people are chucking bottles at the bus and you know nobody yeah. wants to be there and it's 150 degrees and you don't have the right equipment and you're totally out of sorts and you and he's going to have a bunch of spoiled 20 and 21 year old european raised superstars and somebody has to kick their ass and get them ready to to accomplish what they need to accomplish so that scares me for sure because i see the parallels there and it's like yeah maybe maybe burhalter is a good friendly coach and not a good you know crunch time coach we'll and find out there's only one way to find, find out. out there's only one way to find out it may be, folks, and this is kind of the the takeaway for this whole for this whole situation. I think it may be that the um, that we well, it is clearly the case that we have not yet graduated from the failing U.S. soccer, U.S. men's soccer mentality. To be clear, yes. To be clear mentality that um that we've been living with for you know whatever uh pretty long time and you could say that the opposite is true on the women's side that you know whenever whenever the the women go to play mexico for instance i mean there's so much of a of a complex about playing against the u.s and and we're we're just gonna sort of wear you down you know like resistance is futile we're gonna find a way and uh, so you, you you can see how that develops over over the course of many years of you know reputation building. I it does. And so speaking of building a winning mentality, you know, Ty threw out this crazy ass suggestion that we just don't play Mexico, just forfeit the game to Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. And not such a bad idea. Retrospect, after not all, such huh? a bad fucking idea because if you give these dudes one game, one and done, you gave them Mexico and they blew their fucking load. <laughs> and now <laughs> they showed up on Sunday gassed and like emotionally <laughs> exhausted. Um, yeah. And what they could were the rest have done up for that Mexico game, dude? This is. Uh, but and and it's also a likely loss, regardless of how up for it they were going to be. They had exactly. won two games, exactly. so exactly. to to just go into this one and done game with two wins in your belt, you know, you you have to build a winning mentality. But I don't know if Michael Jordan would have been down with skipping the Mexico game, so we'd have to ask him about building a winning mentality. He he knows, and if and if Jordan yeah. goes, Jordan probably yeah. goes hard into that Mexico game for sure. So. Yes. The Jordan Jordan goes hard into the Mexico game, and he he did have circumstances like that where, like you know, they made the playoffs already or whatever, and he would still you know play really hard. Um, but 
So I, I, I definitely see the arguments on both sides. But what I, what I definitely would have done was just, uh, I mean, maybe he did tell them to take it easy, but it just because it was Mexico, it was just so hard for them to, to not. And also the, the, there were like, I think five Mexican Americans in the team or four Mexican Americans in the team. Right. That there's there's no way you're going to keep, you know, Julian Araujo from going a hundred percent to, to beat Mexico. So can you imagine, dude, can you imagine, I'm sorry, non sequitur, sort of sequitur, non sequitur. Can you imagine being Weston McKenney watching this game on the internet? Well, Weston doesn't watch soccer, does he? He's, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he watches Schalke. Uh, he watches Schalke. He watches only Schalke. <laughs> he watches uh, Amin Arit tape. Yeah. To go to school. Well, or, like, I mean, Pulisic, man. Like, they were watching that. They were the watching. senior you, national okay, team. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, let's get into this because I thought can about you this just, too. Can you just yeah. imagine? They're, they're, what are they doing? They're, they're doing their, like, ice baths. I don't know what they do. They're, they're. Probably there's some FIFA going on. Some there's definitely some FIFA going on. There's 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 a cheeky Nando's occurring, <laughs> and they but they sent a picture out because they were you know at the team hotel in Northern Ireland in in Belfast and watching the the U twenty threes. So what are they what are they thinking? So I was like I I was contemplating this and I thought, well if I was them I would pro- like several of them are probably like fuck I wish I had been there because you know DK and Aronson for instance, could have been there. And guys like uh, Luca De La Torre, for instance, if, if it wasn't for COVID, absolutely would have been in uh, in the qualifying team. Was so there anyone think, from the European roster that could have been there? Like with COVID? Um, I mean, not if they contracted hard to COVID, say. I mean, but like given the circumstances, could anyone? Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It's possible that, it, I mean, I, I have to assume that they tried as hard as they could to get everybody because they did end up with Uli and um, Soto. Yeah. So it'd be weird if like they got Uli and Soto, but like they never tried, you know, Boa Vista to see if they could get Cannon or something. Right. But, so I, I'm assuming basically it was it was all COVID related. But there, there were you know five or six guys there that that would have really helped the team, like McKenzie and um, and Reynolds and and all that. So, but anyway, so I'm I'm thinking that they probably have a, a little bit of that. But I'm also thinking that it could be sort of like a galvanizing thing for the for the A group, just like seeing like how rough the, <laughs> the next tier is, and just being like, no, that's not going to happen to us when. Because they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to play in games like this. They're going to have to go to Azteca. They're going to have to go to San Pedro Sula, which is rough. They have to go to the office, which is rough in Jamaica. And, you know, the, it'll it'll test them for sure. So I, I hope that they take this as a, as at the very least, like a, 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 cautionary a warning. Tale. A cautionary you tale. You know, that is a lovely way to look at it. That really is. I'm look if I'm them, I'm saying... Uh, Jackson Yule and Aaron Herrera and Tanner Tessman, if we are on the same uh, roster ever, we're cool. But anyone else, anyone else, if I ever see you again, it's a cold shoulder, it's a smack in the face, fuck y'all. You know what I mean? Like, training is not safe for anyone on this roster. (laughs) Um, Wow, this is like a jail yard. Dude, this is a lifetime. This is a lifetime opportunity 
for these oh, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this I is, missed that. I missed that. Yeah, of this course. This is it. This was their chance that, to, to, to be in the fucking Olympics. Right. You know? This is a huge Olympian. deal. Child to be an Olympian. Once in a lifetime. You know? And just set to the side the fact that you might actually do well in this thing, which is likely if we go. Right. Set that to the side. You get to go to the fucking Olympics. I have to imagine that that for for these guys who are not going to have another chance to be in an Olympics because FIFA bribed the Olympics and made it so that you can't yeah, only exactly. play as a child. Yeah. Uh, I have to imagine that this is not this is like not a forgivable offense to see the way Georgie came out. I'm a huge fan. Love Georgie Mihailovic. To see the way he came out in this game, I'm unforgivable. 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 If I am, you know, if I'm, if I'm Tyler Adams, even. Yeah, I mean, I get that it's hot, but, you know, it gets hot in, in Chicago, too. And it's 90 fucking minutes, man. 90 minutes. Like, do something. Do something with your life. Um, I love your take, though, that, 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 that this, is, this is valuable. That this is a value. Yet again, another valuable experience for them. These guys, in, in, whenever they get the chance, I hope, this is one more... Uh, stopgap. This is one more, um, you know, guardrail against them yes. just shitting a brick. But I'm just thinking, imagine being Pulisic and having the chance to have played in two major international tournaments and missing out on both, and it's not your fault either time. I mean, I, I, mean, that, I can't. That sucks. What I'm, so they, this could go a couple ways. Like, if in the future this team goes to a World Cup... If. I, you know, if that, if that occurs ever... Um, I'm getting worried that keep they're going to act please all. Keep listening. Please keep listening. I'm getting worried that they're <laughs> going to act all like crazy. You know what I mean? That that like this is this. It's too much hype. Anyways, you're already sad enough. Like we needed this tournament to get used to tournaments, bro. <laughs> like these guys. Oh yeah, God. Yes, this was perfect. It was set up because the the fucking we could have put the senior team out there. Literally, yeah, Stefan Brooks and the, yeah. Someone on the bench as the over twenty threes and just play the play the kids. It would have been fantastic. It's such a right. huge disappointment to miss. And uh, yeah, the, there's no sugarcoating that. But the 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 one area I will find some sugarcoating is I know that even though that it would have been theoretically possible, it wouldn't have happened. Like it would have been like you know like five or six players from this qualifying team mixed in with some of the Euro guys, mixed in with some like probably second rate. Over, uh, it would have been like Michael Bradley and and Josie. Like, <laughs> oh my no, god! Seriously, okay. So seriously, for, so. yeah. So speaking of, so let's let's just talk a little bit about the the senior friendlies that happened. Um, let's let's palate cleanse, folks. Ty, do you let's have anything else? Cleanse, but I, I was just going to say real quick that the, the the other silver lining is we know they wouldn't have gone hard to like win the Olympics, and a lot of the clubs wouldn't have released. Like John Brooks wouldn't have gotten released or whatever. So what this sets up now is an angry senior team to go out guns blazing to win the Gold Cup and then go into qualifying unified, like having a clear idea of play, having a very clear 11, having a solid, you know, 23 that is just, it's it's so much simpler. And we what we were facing was That's the prospect true. of... Actually, that's not true. getting to the end of the summer, knowing what the 23 is and knowing what the 11 is, and that's alleviated now because there's Nations League to prepare, there's Gold Cup to prepare, and then qualifying. 
And that's that's our trajectory. And Damn, it's been one team that entire time, dude. I am. You know what? I'm 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 moved. I'm moved and inspired by your ability to see to to see the light in this moment. I, you're right. You're right. It does simplify things. It's going to make it a lot easier for Greg Berhalter to figure out how to put a roster together, which, according to Greg Berhalter, is way harder than he thought it would be. He's got to uh, fire up Google spreadsheets. <laughs> So you are right. This is, this is, there is that silver lining that this is so on now a much simpler. Yeah. It's a, it's a single pointed spear. Cause none of these the guys seniors. are making it. Uh, uh maybe uh, you will back up midfield. You know, I, you know, I, I, it, ta- it just takes a moment. I don't, um, I'm not really interested. You will. I'm not interested either. Let's move on. You will. You had a USMNT moment. In this game, that that I will never forget. He did. He showed true leadership and American grit. I will never forget, and I appreciate that. So if you end up on a roster because Greggy B loves you, I'm not going to be as mad as I would have been a few days ago. No, I'm not going to be mad either. All right, let's talk senior Nats. We played Jamaica. We won four to one. Uh, We played Northern Ireland. We won two to one. The biggest uh, the biggest thing that happened in this Jamaica game was Serginio Dest in more ways than one. This guy... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He went off. He went off. He went the fuck off after... the coming out of Serginio Dest. Yes. Serginio Dest is here now. Um, The (laughs) other biggest thing, obviously, is that Yunus Musa played again. Uh, So just... Twice, Played well twice. twice. So to slow down, Dest scored his first goal for the USMNT, and it was gorgeous. I want to highlight... I just want to zoom in on something that Dest does, has always done, and I've never seen really in another player which is he has this technique of in order to maintain balance and um uh just the right amount of speed in his momentum he will drag his uh his trailing foot across the grass mm-hmm. he does this uh when he's dribbling he does this when he's passing he does this just for just for funsies at random times when it's not helpful um, but if you rewatch the highlight, the highlight of this goal, he it's the perfect example of him using this technique. Which t- tell me if someone else is doing this? I don't know where he got this from. As far as I know, this is a Destino original. He skids his back foot against against the grass to just slow down and set his body up with just the right amount of momentum to rip this shit from outside the eighteen. Um, Ty, what were your what were your thoughts on USA Jamaica before we go to Northern Ireland? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the Sergino Dest party in the first half, which was great to see. Um, the performance kind of flattened a little bit. Uh, Jamaica got a good foothold in the game in the second half, um, but the quality, you know, showed in the end. I was impressed by Jamaica, uh, and I going into that game, we didn't really preview their situation too much, which ended up being wise because like everything changed. Anyway, like they lost a bunch of players and then two two guys got COVID and stuff, but they still managed to put together a very credible performance. And uh, a lot of the the new newer recruits that they have uh, who are English born or play, um, you know, in England and are uh, of Jamaican descent seemed quite handy. So it'll be cool to see how they integrate uh, more of their, you know, domestic players, more of their MLS based players into a 
a final squad. And if they can resolve some of these uh, like money disputes, the Federation, it's different bullshit that's distracting, they could actually have a pretty damn good team. They've got, um, you know, this, uh, the new, the, the shiny new recruit of Mikhail Antonio, who is ostensibly going to join them, but we're not sure if that's actually going to happen. Uh, and Leon Bailey, who may or may not be actually finally going to play for Jamaica uh, consistently. So uh, they they could be a, a, above the middle of the uh, CONCACAF, you know, uh, pack and be be quite a threat in, in qualifying. Um, but I thought the U.S. looked good. I thought we weren't super well tested, um, but the patterns of play were good. The movement was really good. Yunus Musa is the the rug that holds the room together. This kid is fantastic. He's so I'm, good. I'm so glad. I, I just count my blessings every time he's on the ball. Yeah, it's incredible. The US. It's incredible. And and so he would later, he would in the next game be cap tied officially by playing right. too many right. friendlies right. for one team, which is a which is a very Yunus Musa way to get cap tied. Just too friendly. Too very much, friendly. Too, too friendly. much hanging out. Too nice much guy. hanging out yeah. with us. He just he came to all the parties and now he's in the frat. Uh, we don't that know how this happened. Yeah. He's um, amazing uh, to see him play. And you you talk about the problems with touch and with um, you know cleanliness uh, on the ball for the the qualifying the Olympic qualifying squad. Yunus Musa is the 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 healing balm to that problem. He's so smooth. He like along with Chris Richards, he has that manner of passing that makes the ball appear to move along a string or something. It does look. It looks different. He's got a it funny. He's got a funny forward leaning thing. He's got a funny yeah. He's got a great forward lean. leaning thing. He has a great that, like cut and turn, which is where, which is excellent. Yeah, where Pulisic always looks like he's his feet are kind of out in front of him, like you you know. Eunice Moose is head first, like a four-year-old, like trying to walk. Like he's, he's like he's like he's like leaning into it. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, these guys all have their own brand. Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting to to note because I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just because we watch these players so closely that we notice these things. Um, I think it probably, but is. Yeah. it is probably true that like they're, they're like every generation of player has to figure out new things, you know. And there was like the the Aryan Robin innovation that he became the, his like cut in and, and shoot uh, trademark that became essentially like a hallmark tactic of the last 10 years of, of the game at a high level is the, the inverted winger who can come in and shoot. Um, and like, so the, those kind of things, like yeah, every now and then you have somebody who's, who just like figures something out that's like essential that nobody figured out before. Yeah. Uh, despite the billions of hours of soccer that have been played. Um, and so that's, that is fun to see. I think the desk thing, like I, I, I get it as like when he's moving, he's, he's kind of like occupies more space than he should somehow. Maybe it's the trailing leg thing, but on the shot, like I love, I love the goal. Don't get me wrong. But I think a, a better keeper would have would have tracked it and and saved because Des just it was such a long motion. <laughs> he so like, telegraphed when you it. He, it, you 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 want to have a short action for yes. for a shot like that because then the keeper is uh, is surprised. So 
you know, he'll maybe he'll have to work on that for next time. But no, no, taking away no credit. That was a, yeah, yeah. He's a, a got strike. The sauce made Serginho dust is made from sauce, and if we have to backtrack from there, I'm okay with that. He and he has sauce when it's not needed at all. You know, and that's going to hurt him <laughs> at times. But I loved seeing it. I mean, he's just such a baller. I don't, so, I, so yeah, brazen. I love seeing it too. I mean, there like Marcelo comes to mind, where like he's just. He's always doing these ridiculous ass things uh, that you're kind of like, why, what, what, why? And it's <laughs> irrational almost. But there is a competitive edge gained by being that guy, um, and he is, you know, when it when he uh, his skills are superior. So what we lose in weird creative um, moments of inspiration, a la Sebastian Salcedo. <laughs> Uh, which, but not as, you know, death doesn't make it look that shitty. But what we lose in those weird moments of creativity, we I think we gain back in utter fear. Like when you see Serginho Des like, you know, meg someone on the halfway line for no reason, and it's not that helpful, it's it's exactly. terrifying to play that yeah, game. Yeah, because n- nobody wants to be posterized by Dest. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and I think it, while it, it may or may not help Dest in the end, it definitely helps whoever's playing in front of him and whoever's playing next to him because there's so much attention who, that's going to be paid to not getting posterized by Dest that it, it opens up, like, uh, or it, like, releases the mental focus from Pulisic's run, you know? So I, I love... That's right, uh, yeah. That was, that was another feature of this game was that they put, they put Dest and Pulisic both on the left, which was partially because of the depth that we have at right back and seeing like, oh, if Dest can operate on the left, then maybe we get to access, you know, two really high-level fullbacks. Um, but the other thing that I kind of liked about it is you had like an attention-grabbing side and a not-attention-grabbing side. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, the, the Reggie Cannon, it was Red, it was Cannon and who now? Uh, Geo on the right. Cannon and Geo. I, you know, I... I don't know. You'd have to look really closely at it. I think that Canon and Geo don't get along. Ooh. Let's keep an eye on this. Well, I so, don't... okay, I'll get to this. I'll get back to this yeah, in a yeah. second. But we had we had basically like a, a busy side and a quiet side. Yeah. And I kind of like that because I like, I like the uh, ability to kind of draw the focus of the defense towards a side and then switch rapidly and know that you're going to have more room on the other side and like maybe set up some triggers or something. So that um, that can be the case. And I was thinking that it's probably better, like, if you have a really good fullback and a really good winger, and then you have two solid, you know, uh, opposite them, it's probably better to put the two good ones on the one side because it's just harder to mark at any given time. You yeah, know, having, yeah. To fa- having to face up a passage of play that includes Dest and Pulisic at once is just so challenging. It's terrifying. Uh, and then you, you open up space for the other two to, to be more effective. Now, the Geo thing. So, Geo... He, he was a consistent threat in these two games. The um, Jamaica game, I I started out, I noticed the moment that you're referencing where it was basically, it was like a counter breakaway. It was, and it was like the first run that Cannon made in the game and yeah, Geo and didn't Cannon, hit him and Cannon was already mad, which is, by the way, very unlike Reggie Cannon. Reggie oh. Cannon is extremely just like kind. He's a team player, you know. Nice guy, yeah. Nice guy. Uh, um, wait, so I didn't. I didn't see the one where Geo failed to hit Cannon. Was that he was like making? It was literally the first. It was the first overlapping run that Reggie Cannon got made. it. Got it. Okay. Which but makes I, me think I did, it's like a training thing, you know? Like what? Nothing had happened. Right. 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 Point. Exactly. But I did notice that there was a. And moment there was where, another. Um, one. Yeah. 
the U.S. was countering, and it was, like, Geo and two other players who were in the box, and Cannon missed, and, like, he went, like, behind the last defender, but nobody was there, and he had to put it between the defenders. And Geo was, like, acting like, you know, a dude at pickup who thinks he's too good, you know? And yes. at first, I was like, I like this. I like the, the, the passion and the energy. But then Gio just kept doing it over and over about everything and just pouting about every single thing. Like, anytime he missed, he looked like he was about to burst into tears. And, and that, that's the Gio he, problem. He needs to have a more war, you know, warrior-like mentality than that. And ho- hopefully that's just age and he'll get over it. We'll see. I mean, I we see saw, that his was... teammates not wanting to play with him because of that. Yes. Like, that's pretty fucking yes. annoying, to be honest. It's pretty fucking annoying. And that was the... That was his downfall at the youth level too, and I was hoping that upon you know cresting to the senior level that he would that that was left in the past. But we're we're starting to see it again, and I wonder if that has something to do with his his struggles to get playing time at Dortmund right now. Could be, could be, yeah. Um, the uh, guy's got uh, you know we see this if if you're if you're if you're an artist listening to this, you're you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, some people just have a low bar for like thinking that they're the shit, you know, <laughs> like a few things happen and they like, it's just like the, the, that flip switches a little too quickly. And, and I'm concerned that Gio's got a low bar for thinking that he's the shit. Well, Gio is a shit. However, he, at this level, he's, he's nothing, right? Well, I guess that's what you're saying. So I would say, yeah, I would say that Geo could be the shit, and that right. Geo is is very good right now. Very good. There have been thousands and thousands of players who have been have been in Geo's position. Yes, of being like the hot, you know, eighteen year old. Who's the guy Pato who prospect. just went to the MLS? Is that Pato? Do you know that guy? He was like, oh yeah, Alexander Pato, absolutely, in the absolutely. Actually, that's a reasonable comp for Geo, to be honest. So, yeah. well, and the, so, okay, I'll t- tie a thread together. So there's, Pato came came out and was the new Kaká. Kaká is amazing, legendary, did everything he could with his potential. Uh, Pato was supposed to be the new Kaká. Never happened. He's now in, <laughs> he's now shamefully back. <laughs> well, um, he played, and, and he's peaking now. He is in the, you know, that's what's peaking, really wild. Yeah. It's like he went to like China somehow. Been around the block. And, uh, and Gio is also kind of the new Kaka. So I, and it could go either way. It, it really could go either way. I believe very strongly in, uh, in Gio and his, the, his like pedigree helping him to, to make it and to, to fulfill his potential. But he does have to cut out that, that aspect of his mentality. Yeah, um, you know Neymar also comes to mind. You you flagged as a as a uh, comparison. comparison as well. Yeah, and that's that's scary. Like I don't even care if he's that if he's good. I just don't want to watch a you know grown man like whine about cry all the like, time making a mistake. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, and and just all. like folks on the other side of the that same spectrum. Like I don't think that at eighteen anyone was pay, was saying you know Serginho Des is is the next, uh, whatever, Danny Alves, which Danny I'm the Alves, only one yeah. who's saying that now. Um, <laughs> but by the way, I did, I did go back and peruse Danny Alves at, I think, uh, <laughs> a lower level Spain team before he went to Barcelona and yep, yep. totally, totally comparable. Um, 
Okay. Anyways, anyways, uh, Weston okay. McKenney. No one, no one thought at 18 Weston McKenney was going to be the player that he is. So it goes both ways, folks. Um, should we ways. talk a little bit about Northern Ireland here before we call Let's it? Let's do it. So Northern Ireland was a fun game. Uh, 2-1. Oh, sorry. I do want to mention that uh, Sebastian Lejet got two goals uh, in this game versus Jamaica, so shouts to shouts to him. Good goals. And, uh, good, good goals. Good Please. solid goals. You know, Please. just keeps keeps showing why. Just keeps on doing it. He he fills such an important gap because there's no good 28-year-olds, and he's he's just good enough to hang with this team. Yeah. He is, and he is good enough to hang with this team. He doesn't he doesn't look out of place at all, um, no. which is pretty cool. And I can only imagine, like, you just have to cross that threshold and then get if, – and if you cross that threshold and you have a 28-year-old's brain in your skull – Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. Come on And in, you, you, like, know how to pay taxes you, and – Like, yeah, you know how to pay taxes. You cook broccoli for yourself. <laughs> you go uh, to bed early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in, bro. Come on oh, yeah. in. Okay. Um Northern Ireland. This was a fun one. We got uh, we got a Reina goal. We got a Pulisic uh, penalty goal. We had 90 minutes Pulisic. Um, mm-hmm. And we had a cap-tied Yunus Musa, who I'll take this moment to mention. Great stat bomb from the broadcast. Yunus Musa is the second most minutes for any teenager in Spain behind Pedri. Yes. This his, is rarefied his, air, uh, my friends. His spirit brother, Pedri. Those two, need to, they, they need to start like a, a, a electronic music group together. They need, to, they need to join what's his... <laughs> electronic music group. They need to join what's-his-name's book club. Mueller's book club. Exactly. Um, so, I'm so, enjoying it, by the way. I read, I read uh, the book by Russ, the rapper. It's all if you missed, yeah, if you missed this, Ty has joined Chris Mueller's book club. Uh, Not a joke, giving us real the thing. update on that. Not a joke, yeah. real thing. So you read Russ's self-help I book. I read Russ's self-help, self-help book. Incredible. Tremendous. And I can totally, I see it in Chris Mueller. Incredible. Um, anyways, in Northern head. Ireland. <laughs> Uh, so anyway. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to have a laugh at how correct we got our prediction. So we tried to predict a starting lineup, and <laughs> versus Jamaica, we had almost the exact starting lineup with the joke that we made, which was ninety minutes Kellen Acosta, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which exactly. was the joke that we made, and Reggie yeah. Cannon. And then and I had said when trying to play in the lineup, it's obvious that we should try a three four three. Yep. And uh, here it is. So I'm so glad. I'm so happy to see Enjoy. the attempt uh, here. And and uh, I guess maybe we can start there, Ty. What do you think of the three four three for us? Uh, I, I'm not a fan. I don't care. I don't want them to do it. If 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 France doesn't need to do it, we don't need to do it. Just play four three three and get really good at that. I don't. All right. The only time I can see that like maybe needing to be an option is like. Well, okay, first of all, if we actually did have, like, a glut of great center backs, which it's like somehow people think we have a lot of center back depth, and that's just not true because we have Brooks and and Richards, and Richards is already something of a liability because he, he is still very inexperienced. And then we have, like, a bunch of decent, you know, we've got Miazga. Miazga. McKenzie, yeah, all, all very good, you know, serviceable players, but, like, not nothing that you need to, like, morph the team to get on the field. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then, so, yeah. like, maybe occasionally against a team that has, like, two really good strikers, you would want to play a three-back to get some extra defensive uh, muscle. 
but like, I just, I, I don't think it's worth it. As I said, like, I think we should just play with a six that's comfortable sliding between the center backs and then just call that the, the three back when needed. I I'm all about the six sliding, sliding, uh, into center back. I love in general, uh, the three, four, three, because there are less types of players that you need. Um, there are across less types of there are less that types of players okay. that you need. Okay. So sure. Owen Owen Odesoe can play five positions in a three four three. Well, he could play eleven positions on any team. But <laughs> here, I'll, 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 so I love this. There's, this is with, incredible. Okay, with mm-hmm. two when you have two uh, sort of stopper or more defensive midfieldery folks or one, regardless, that player is likely to be okay in the center back position as well. So you have a, a group of four or five players that are all, you know, similar, of a similar breed. Defensively minded. Defensively minded, big, fast, good at passing. They can all switch around. Chris Richards, put him at the six, you know, in, in a situation like that. Like, why not? Try him out. There's, there, there is often, you know, rotation. Frankie de Jong comes to mind. Um, so there's this one batch of a certain type of player and then there's another batch of a different type of player, which is like speedy, scory types of players, you know. <laughs> and that's that's the other type. So the uh, and then you have then you have you can you can choose to play a, a dedicated number nine, but you don't need one because you can have one of your speedy, scory types drop back as a false nine. So you really mm-hmm. in a, a four the the reason I like a three four three in general is that it makes it you you can invest in less types of players. The biggest problem that the modern game has right now is the biggest weakness in these great teams is that their their wing backs are not defending. Um they are they're not as good. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a problem for Liverpool. He's a he's an asset in so many ways, but he is a problem because you have to account for for his sort of bent uh, right, because you, you are really playing moments. a two-back. You're really playing time. a two-back in that situation. Yeah. And do you really want, you know, yes. Yeah, so so my concept is that it's actually simpler. Your concept is 4-3-3 is the simplest. We should just play it. My concept is actually if you if you invest in it, and I, and we haven't, so we're not there yet, but if you invest in it, you can raise a player pool for a three-four-three <laughs> with only three types of players, uh, and that I'm, is I'm less just out on any notion of raising a player pool with anything because as, by the time it we've actually succeeded, the game has moved on. And of course, of course, this is true. Exactly. It's just when am I going to have the chance to I, say this I, weird I, thing I, that I, I've been I thinking do, about? I deeply appreciate the analysis there. That I get it. I get it. And I recall you being in love with another three-back. Which was uh, USA versus France in that friendly where baby the Julian fidget spinner and, and Dave Saruman trotted out the fidget spinner formation, which was the ultimate formation, which genius little trap in the middle, and then it had oh. three groups of three players so rotating simple. around Will Trap. It's so <laughs> simple and so <laughs> elegant. It's so it beautiful, gorgeous. Everybody uh, takes a right. shift so at every I'll never. I'll, I'll never get my way. But if Chelsea fucking, you know, if Chelsea has success with Thomas Tuchel and three in the back, you know what I mean? I'll be coming at you. Talk, talk, 
we'll 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 check in about this later. We'll see where we're we'll see where the modern. I think game if you're a club to, coach, but... I think you can make the fidget spinner work. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the four three three, three, three is like where we're at. So tough. All right, all right. So that's the four three three discussion right. for today. That is the formation discussion. Uh, get at us on Twitter at WTP Pod. What else uh, did you get, if anything, from this Ireland game that's worth mentioning? Uh, well, it, it did show that you don't want to hop back on the Kellen Acosta hype train too fast. I love Kellen Acosta as a as a human being. Uh, I root for him. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be up to the level. You know, unlike Lejad, I don't, I don't, I just don't think he's going to be able to reach the level that's necessary for to be a part of this. Uh, this group long-term um, he, he did show in the, in the Jamaica game uh, ability to kind of do like a Tyler Adams impression, which we need somebody who can do a Tyler Adams impression, but I just don't think it'll be him. Um, and let's see what else stood out to me. Uh, we, we got to see Sibachu. I, I wasn't super impressed. C-Bock. What's his name? Peabock. Yeah. Peabock. I wasn't super impressed. I'm hoping to see more. Uh, I, sorry, I just have to. The, so, who is it? Um, I forget the guy's name, but the broadcaster pronounced his last name Siebichia, which is yes, exactly. so strange John, John that I Champion. can only imagine John Champion. It's such yeah. a strange way to to pronounce it that it must be correct. There's, exactly, it has to be the actual exactly. way. So, so John, when John Champion said that in the Jamaica game, I was like, "Wow, I've been doing it way wrong." <laughs> and then uh, Stu and John were just straight back to Sibachu in the next yeah. game. So somebody's I, fucking up here. But where do you, how do you, the imagination cannot invent Sibachia. Sibachia. <laughs> he had to have been told that that is the way. Christian. And the man's you, Leisik. And the man's you, got a yo, different name on the so back of jersey. <laughs> George Beast. Dude, he's got Peafock. He's got Peafock. Who it's, knows it's how to pronounce that? Name. It's such he a bold is... move to go for your mother's maiden name on <laughs> so your lit. jersey. It's so, so lit. lit. Yeah. That is genius. So first of all, the guy, I want to see more of the guy as a soccer player. Aside from that, his names are so unique. He's, <laughs> he's Theason Jordan Sibachu. Siabachu. <laughs> A.K.A. Peafock. What in the AKA. world? <laughs> oh, man. His birth certificate I, I love is it. like you a know few him. pages. Maybe you love him. For Definitely. sure. You love him. For sure. Anyway, so not impressed. Not impressed. Need to see I, more I, from his I think, yeah, need to see more. I mean, I could see him playing a role, uh, but he's he's clearly got to up his game because he's, he's doing well enough in the Swiss League, but he'll have to come back to France and... And prove that he can he can hang in France. But if he can hang in France, I'm in. I, as we've been saying, France has impressed us. We we think the level there is higher than. Uh, people get in <laughs> we notice we notice France is good. France is better than people think. Don't sleep on France. So, is is he a flight risk for us, or do we think that because he's made the switch over, he's this is what he wants to do? Um, I don't think he's a flight risk just because of the his level, but. I don't think he's cap tied either. Well, I have to get okay. him in more friendlies. <laughs> yeah, get him in enough. Enough. Which, by the way, like the that's breath. the way it used to be. It used to be the three friendly rule, and then they got rid of that, and then they brought it back. I don't. I don't get it. It was perfect. I think before. it's four friendlies. It's four friendlies. Well, yeah, the you fourth friendly. You can play. The you can fourth play friendly. Three I see. Friendlies. Yeah, you can yeah, play yeah. three. 
Anyways, um, great to see Daryl DK. He's looking good. He really great I to mean, see changed DK. the game. The game looks yes. different with Daryl DK on the field. Totally, totally. Talk about like a lightning rod for attention for yeah. offense. And then like when you're playing in whatever uh, version of the formation, you have that three, um, those three players up top. That's just so much freedom. You know, when you know that the center backs like really can't let DK go, like <laughs> you can't make that mistake of like letting this humongous striker <laughs> roam free with a rocket with a bazooka <laughs> for a leg, <laughs> freaking bazooka. <laughs> so, so Daryl DK, I'm I'm so in. I can't wait to see more and more of him in a U.S. shirt and in the Premier League. He's, I predict, I hereby predict. Okay. By this time next year, okay, Daryl DK will have ten goals in the Premier League. Wow, by, that's by an incredible March 29, twenty twenty two. Okay, okay, mark it and down. He might just he might just smash that. I mean, the dude is two zero years old. He's he's been to college. He's played for seven teams, professional teams. Just kidding. But are you, I forget how freaking young this guy is. And uh, his sister, so first of all, his brother played in MLS for a long time, Bright DK. His sister is a Nigerian youth international. Can I, can I get some happening? of whatever they're serving up in the, in the DK household? Out in, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Nebraska, I think? Yeah, I, I don't know. Where they grow. But like the DKs and the Reynas, just they, yeah. got it, they got it figured out. They, 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 they definitely right. got it. We need to have something some right sort of like Zoom call. Just discuss what's going on in the DK home. <laughs> Dest and Siebicia birthed themselves. Siebicia. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying Siebicia from now on. Yeah, until uh, corrected. Right. Until we'll corrected. To until told otherwise. Uh, we'll get him on the show. Uh, any last thoughts here, Ty? We are reaching time. You know, uh, it was a, a good Oh, I have, a, I have a talk. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I have not seen a Zach Steffen game in the past. I think I've watched four Zach Steffen games um, since he went to Man City, including these. So five, including this game I've watched. And I have seen a very concerning uh, passing moment from him in each of those games. Oh, he won a game. He has won a game. Yep. Um, it's got, he's got to wrap that shit up. Bro, that's got to go. He's in the that's right place go. to wrap it up. Uh, well, that or he's not quite good enough to be like or the he's not City be. actual yeah. goalkeeper, which is kind of where I'm at right now just from what I've seen. It's not like the dude hasn't played a lot of professional games because he has. Um, so I just, as of today, and we'll see if this changes, I'm, I would love to be surprised. I don't think... Uh, locked-in Man City starter is in Zach Steffen's future. But we'll see. We'll see. Tim Tim Howard got a full year at Man U. These things can happen. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, you were, you but were I, I could also see I could also see Zach Steffen get, getting sold for, you know, $10 million to Southampton and then having, like, a, a, a good couple-year spell at Southampton. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds right to me. You had a final thought before we... Uh, this has been a fun batch of games. Oh, yeah. It's been, it, it was great to watch so much Nats. Um, I was really looking forward to the Olympics since the last time we failed to qualify, which was five fucking years ago. 
So I'm really disappointed about that. But I know that uh, the summer is not going to be empty. There will be a plethora of games. I get to see the first choice senior national team together, hungry, motivated, and I'm pumped. Now, I, I so I, yeah, uh, I, I mourn the loss of a, a great moment to elevate the men's game in the U.S. by putting some of our uh, crown jewels on display <laughs> uh, in, in, in Tokyo. Well, but, I'm uh, s- I am but, sad for them. Um, I'm sad for them, but it'll 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 be okay. This too will pass. And if they make it to the World Cup and do well at the World Cup, it won't matter one iota. It will not matter at all. Um, I have to say that I'm 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 moved and inspired by your read about, and I can get on board with the idea that now this team has has a single purpose and and it's directed and it's angry and it's clear and there's you know real rosters every time. And so I will simply read some words that I did share on Twitter, and I'm sorry if you've already heard them, but from the immortal Kevbot, uh, who says, on the bright side, now I have more time to watch rope climbing, race walking, tug of war, <laughs> tandem bicycle sprints, and hot air ballooning during the Olympics. The real sports. Fantastic. Thank you, Kevin. I can't wait to watch, get my balloon on. <laughs> Fire it up, baby. Those are those 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 are going to be my. I I, I love uh, rope climbing. I love watching race walking. I love watching tug of war and tandem <laughs> bicycle sprints. But I don't love any of that shit as much as I love watching the real senior nats each and every time. Let's go, boys. Let's, go, boys. Let's do this. Revenge. It's me, Pete. We the peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps.